oh my god guys we've actually made it we've done two weeks of hotel quarantine this is our last night yeah we are on i guess the end of day 14 right now they say it's end of day 13 but it's it's the end of day 14 yeah we've and got a couple more hours left we're gonna it's evening here right now when we're recording and this is this is the last night for us but ben's just informed me that apparently there was a tornado warning going through sydney Sydney CBD? Yeah, yeah, for Sydney downtown here, there was a tornado warning that we didn't actually find out or I didn't find out until dinner time, I guess, when we we're watching the news, which is good because Jika's deathly afraid of heights and I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm already I've already been so scared in this freaking apartment because we're on the thirty fifth floor. Yeah, thirty fifth, yeah. I'm acting like a paranoid parent that won't even let the kids dip their toes on the balcony. And yeah, we get told, oh, there's a potential tornado. So if we make it through the night, it will be our last night in quarantine. Yeah, one way or the other, it's, <laughs> or our, on last, the earth. it's our last night in, <laughs> it's this, a- in this spot. So yeah, totally. So yeah, we do apologize if you guys pick up on any of the lightning or the thunder, thunder. or anything. I guess, yeah, you can't see us through the lightning, but the thunder. Yeah, there's it's really, really raining. Like we don't get rain like this in Alberta, obviously, and it's... Uh, it's absolutely dumping outside right now. Yeah. Yeah, the Sydney siders haven't had it too, like, they came out of their lockdown on this Monday, so Monday the 11th, and it's been raining pretty much every single day since they've been calling it yeah. Freedom Day. <laughs> yeah, it's such shitty luck. Yes. Yeah. So it's not been too bad being, you know, locked in when at least the weather's not beautiful. Yeah. Well, technically, would they call it a, a supercell? thunderstorm and it's like all the way across new south wales and then southern queensland and we're flying into queensland tomorrow so it's like fuck just our luck (laughs) we're gonna get our flight canceled or delayed or some shit like that because of a storm yeah yeah no we can't say that yeah fingers crossed crossed with that so yeah sydney as we said they've come out of their lockdown so that's been really exciting to see some people on the streets again when we first got here in our first week there was nothing going on nobody in the streets and you could kind of see where people would do their rounds of the uh, block in their exercise gear trying to get some miles in there but yeah there wasn't a lot going on and now I've got all sorts of things to look at I'm looking in buildings I'm seeing people go to work yeah there's actually people in the offices we have we get like glimpses of Hyde Park between the buildings and you see people actually walking in there which is nice because we absolutely love it in there yeah uh, yeah oh, and also the construction sites have been a hot piece for our, our entertainment there's three of them surrounding us so we watch the cranes it's been it's been riveting guys the, <laughs> yeah. the construction really grasping at things to watch yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh it's also looking like victoria is going to be out soon hopefully i know they've had quite a lot of cases but they are going to hit that double dose pretty soon right yeah they're hitting it on october 21st it looks like um dan andrews is set to give his update kind of at the end of the week here um so we should know more then but uh so far they've held that they're gonna you know loosen the restrictions a little bit and kind of go into the same thing that sydney is currently in um i'm not 100 percent sure what you know all the restrictions are but i know you can go kind of wherever you want um but you can only have maybe 10 people in your home at a time and you know they'll start opening up restaurants and and bars limited capacity in hours a little bit but at least you'll be able to go um so i know that'll be a <laughs> very welcome in in victoria yeah absolutely And, you know, they're still kind of dancing around Christmas and what that's going to be like for the whole country. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure from like 
all Australians that we, you know, Australia needs to be open for Christmas kind of across the board because you guys, they weren't open last Christmas, were they? No, I don't think so. No. So God, either, I tried to turn it off. I was like, if I can't come home, I don't want to know yeah, what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Either way, they're uh, just like watching the news here. It's it's pretty much all anyone's talking about, just kind of like it was in Canada. But it's uh, everyone they're talking to on the street is saying, you know, we need to be we need to be open for Christmas. Yeah. I did see a really interesting segment this morning because I've been the kids and I were up at like 6 a.m. this morning. Um Carl Stefik Novik, uh, he had like a piece on talking to some of the regional people out there and what their thoughts are. So that was some interesting perspectives as well, because they were saying that their vaccination rates aren't as high as the broad sense of Sydney, you know, altogether they're at X amount of percent, but like some of these regional towns are a lot smaller or make up a smaller percentage of that. And they were saying that um, they just didn't have access to the vaccines at the fast rate that Sydney CBD did. So, yeah, yeah, they were just saying that they're a little bit worried that, like, you know, people are going to come from the big cities and see their family. And, yeah, I just feel like I'm in this rat wheel where I'm just running and hearing the same arguments over again and no one really <laughs> knows how to get out of it. Like, we're we're in the same thing, just on a different level almost. What I will say, though, at least, like, when you're looking at the vaccination rates here... Like New South Wales is like for first dose, like almost at 92%, which is like the people who aren't getting it or are hesitant. It's just, it's not a lot of people here really yeah. at the end of the day. And it's, it seems like those regional areas, you know, there may be a few more people who are hesitant, but like you say, it's more a lack of access as opposed to it being, you know, they aren't going to get it or don't want to get it. Yeah. So I think time will just kind of solve that, that problem, I hope, before it gets, you know, scary for those areas. Yeah. And Queensland seems like they're starting to soften a little bit. Like, Yeah, she's getting a ton of pressure, especially like with tourism in, in Queensland. Like everyone wants to go up to the Gold Coast, the Sunshine Coast, and uh, all the, uh, you know, all the people who work in that industry, they've, I think they've suffered long enough and uh, they're starting to be pretty, pretty vocal so she does seem to be a little bit more like you know once we hit the targets we're going to start doing things whereas before she was like i don't know maybe yeah like the (laughs) giving the vague answers and that was just upsetting people more right yeah yeah and speaking of people like i've been seeing a bunch of people are starting to book those Qantas flights that are starting to become available flying people home from all over the world back to australia so the sort of chat online has been around that they're booking these and just crossing their fingers, you know, just really hoping that Qantas pulls through and gets people home on these flights that were not terribly expensive as well, which was really nice to see. Like 2,500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't trying to gouge too much. And so I'm just really hoping that all of the people who had to book those flights and that was, you know, maybe one of their only options of getting home for Christmas. Like I really just have everything crossed for you guys and I'm hoping that everything goes forward for you. Yeah, you know, it won't be it won't be Qantas's decision. They're they're just hoping that the, yeah. the Aussie government are, is going to let them in. They uh, you know, props to them for for al- allowing you guys to book them, but uh say hopefully yep. hopefully 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 you guys yeah. can get in. It's I mean, it's seeming that way. Everybody like, you know, we've been glued to the news here because we have nothing to do. So we have like our news channels we're kind of tuning into here and getting back into the Australian press, which has been really fun. But um, yeah, like they've just been, everybody here is hopeful that 
people are going to return home. So I think like it's nice to see them discussing it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been any backtracking from the politicians, really, like Scott Morrison, especially, and, you know, even New South Wales, new premier. Uh, he seems pretty keen on, you know, keeping it going from what Gladys had yeah. had planned so there's there's not a lot of i'm not worried about anything really changing and covid cases are going down in new south wales they seem to plateau in victoria so it seems like the vaccination plan is working so i don't see why they would change the their opening schedule now yeah nope and then home quarantine looks like it's the way that most of the states are saying that they're going to go so yeah that's great news as well and i think it's one week at your at your home but then there's like all those little like idiosyncrasies like you know you have to have your own place how are you getting food there you can't get you can't food delivered you there. can't get food delivered so you have, what do you have to get like a a drop at your house before you arrive like i don't understand yeah. how you're supposed to feed yourself or yeah you'd have to have like a family member or a friend drop a bunch of food over to your house before you arrive yeah that's just not realistic at all yeah so they're gonna have to iron out some details there but um at least there's yeah they're giving giving you the option now um let's go over the current vaccination levels by jurisdiction here now we'll just go state by state we'll go to the 80 percent because we're you know us and uh is victoria at 70 percent yet for the first yeah so we'll just go at 80 percent because that's when things actually are going to open up so um for new south wales looks like it'll be like the 18th of october um I think they'll actually hit that this week. Just from the news, it looks like we're at like 77.7% as of today. So I think we'll probably hit over that 80% uh, tomorrow, which would be the 15th. So we'll be ahead of schedule here. Northern Territories, 5th to the 10th of January. Uh, South Australia, 30th to the 5th of December. WA, 8th to 13th of December. Tassie, 10th to 15th of November, ACT, 17th to 22nd of October, Victoria, 9th, 4th to 9th of November, and then Queensland, 12th to 17th of December. Um, so yeah. It's trucking along. <laughs> yeah, we're moving, we're moving in the right direction. Those dates haven't really started to exponentially get you know come up quicker i thought they i thought they would start to snowball a little bit more but they're they're kind of just chugging along new south wales kind of went went crazy there but yep. they got all the vaccines i was apparently. gonna say yeah. supply right it's yeah. different for different states so yeah i mean people are getting it and people are, i saw that batuta advocate uh instagram post it's if you don't follow batuta on instagram it's pretty funny but they were doing that instagram post about you know person who is an anti-vaxxer or finally realizes that they're in the minority when they see how many people are getting these vaccines and i had a chuckle at that so yeah (laughs) you know quite a lot of people are are putting their hand up for that so that is the way it's going yeah yeah so good news all around there it looks like every state other than what was it uh was it where are we going here for january yeah northern territories for 5th and 10th of january so everyone should have it uh sorted out before christmas for their 80 percent so yeah, good news australia that's what they said so so we wanted to follow up last week we just had a few people reach out to us and ask about what was in janika's bible uh so that's our binder that we had well, i shouldn't say we 
my wife, who's incredibly organized, had literally every piece of documentation that you could possibly need uh, on your travels, all in this nice binder that was laminated and organized. And she had, what do you have, tabs saying where things were like... Color coordinated, the whole shebang. So yeah, yeah, I'll just maybe take a second to dive into that. So yes, the Bible. We had this folder and it was actually like a pretty cool folder. I don't know if you're into folders, but it had a zip around the side so you could zip it up, make sure nothing would fall out pretty handy yeah but, when i had the zipper binder in school i literally had the zipper so i didn't have to put anything in the coils and just throw all my homework and shit in there and zipped it up that <laughs> makes me want to throw up <laughs> that is my worst nightmare so no this didn't just have shitty paper thrown into it it was binded it had like little laminated pieces i even had a little pocket for the passports that zipped up separate so there was a zip within the zip like we're talking the whole shebang so i'll just go through it um the folder basically started off with our passports. So you'd open it up and I used to like a little old, it, well, it wasn't old, but it was like a pencil case that had hole punches in it. So you could clip it into your binder so it would never go anywhere and you Very knew where slick. it was. Very slick. <laughs> so I had that at the start and I had our passports and our family looked like a family of spies because Every single one of us but Ben, as of now, are dual citizens. Like, I'm an American citizen as well. And the children are Canadian citizens. And then all three of us are also Australian. And then Ben has his Canadian. I have my Canadian PR card. Like, we just look like a bunch of spies. So, we've got all of our passports that need to be organized all the time. And then I had our flights details printed and in order of the flight so that, you know, if I ever needed to reference the flight number, the times, obviously all of that jazz, I had it printed and ready to go. And then we had our PCR test results. So all of our COVID testing and like the approved PCR statements and all of that. And then we had our US travel documents because we went through the US from Canada to get to Sydney. And so the children and I all had esters and... um Ben didn't need that because he was Canadian. And funnily enough, actually, I didn't necessarily need it either because I'm an American. But nor, nor did the kids. Nor did the kids. Because they're Canadian as well. But. but. Yeah, but because we're, you know, you guys were traveling through on your Australian passports. We got a little bit of advice from our travel agent just saying like we needed to now is not the time to be changing up passports mid you know mid flight and not flight mid travel yeah yeah so this is like one of the biggest takeaways like personally i could give someone who's listening to this who's traveling who's a dual citizen book your entire flight from start to finish with just your australian passport and when you're going through different airports even if you are a citizen of that airport, depending what the laws are, check which country you're going into and where your citizenships lie, but uh, just use your Australian passport. And we got this advice from our travel agent and we were really lucky that we followed through on that because some people were in a similar situation to me, potentially traveling through the US to get home to Australia, might have both passports. They'd use their um you know, US one to get into the US from, say, Canada, and then use an Australian one to board the Australian flight into Sydney. But just because of the times and how difficult it was to travel, even when you have all the documents, and even when you are citizens of the countries, just try and use one passport and specifically the Australian one. So yeah, that was the advice we got. And we followed through on that. 
So we all just applied for our esters, even though we didn't necessarily need them. We got them anyway. As Australians, you needed them. Yes. As Australians, we needed them. So as Australians, we got them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had also our travel declaration for Australia. So every one of you will know that you have to fill that out to get that. So we had those printed out with the QR codes ready to go. We also had just things like our citizenship status. So me and the children had our Australian citizenships uh, by descent or whatever it is that you're a citizen. We had that printed and ready to go as well. And we had, I even had Ben's citizenships in there just in case. And then I had um, mine and Ben's marriage certificate also just to sort of prove, even though he got his exemption, I just wanted to have that just in case if we got separated or if there was any question about, well, why does he get to come? It's like, well, because he's married to me. And we also had the children's birth certificates showing that he was the father. So father of Australian children should be allowed to come in. We had Ben's ETA, which do you want to touch on that? I've never had to apply for one because I'm an Aussie. Yeah, as Canadians and I think any Commonwealth country, um, you just apply for your ETA and it gets approved pretty much automatically. Yeah. So you just had to, they say it's electronically linked to your passport and it's actually electronic travel authority. So you don't have to print it off, but uh, we printed it off anyway. Yeah. And then um, our, I had to get an exemption as well to travel in and uh if you guys are trying to bring a partner in um or you're not australian you know all about this and how hard they are to get um funnily funnily enough i i didn't print that one off that was one thing we didn't print but i did have it in my emails luckily um so i had to show that but make sure you print that off because even our immigration agent in my email said please print this email and i didn't i wasn't Um, cc'd on that one (laughs) this is what happens when i get put in charge of a a task like this but uh make sure you print that yeah and then we had our vaccination records so our full vaccination records um for ourselves and then also for the children i just included that obviously they're little so they don't have their xyz uh vaccinations but I just had it just in case someone wanted to see if they were immunized for anything. Like at this point, I was like, I'll show you everything. Um, and I had mine and Ben's full health records as well. And then uh, we had police checks in there and we didn't, you don't have to do this, but we had to get those ready for Ben's visa that we applied for, for like a partner visa for him to stay in Australia long term. So we just had them and I threw them in just in case, you know, I could pull them out and say, I'm not a criminal. Here it is. Um, And then lastly, and also just because I'm paranoid, we had some legislation printed off around traveling as a dual citizen and um, also the current Australian regulations, just in case we needed to know our rights at any time. um, And just in case we needed to, you know, have uh, a reason why I was using X passport and not Y passport, just have all of those rights printed out and ready to go. Yeah, we got pretty ambiguous advice from the U.S., from U.S. Customs about, you know, the legality of doing what we did with you guys. Um, but pretty much they had said, uh, you're not not allowed to do it, more or less. So you, you can do it, but they don't want you to do it, is pretty much what we, we were told. So obviously this isn't legal advice, but that's that's what we, we got sent in an email. Yeah, so we just printed that out and we just had like, you know, some stuff that we saw online on the websites that you can just have a little Google of. So that was it. That was what was in the folder. And then I also had like a um, pens and highlighters and um, I sound like the biggest nerd and uh, like a little book that 
had lines in it that I could write in. So if I needed to scribble things down or write anything down, I had that. And make sure you bring a pen. Like I know everybody knows you're supposed to bring pens on international flights, but just make sure you do because um, it's kind of awkward when you're getting on the bus to come into hotel quarantine. You, you need to fill out a separate form that they give you. And uh, yeah, you need a pen because you can't really be sharing pens. So yeah, bring a pen. So that that was the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And like I said in the last last podcast, we we used it a lot. Like I pulled it out. I had to pull it out four separate times. Yep. Like literally on every leg of our flight, I had to pull it out and go through it again. So, um, yeah, go, you know, sifting through on your phone would just be a fucking nightmare. So just have it printed and, and use it. Yeah. And then actually, you know what? I did forget one thing that was also pretty important for me in there. I, uh, I'm all about manifesting and, you know, <laughs> positive vibes. So I had in there a picture of our best friends um, that we took in Noosa Beach uh, with our friends. So I had that in there for, for good luck so that they'd be with us. And then I had a little kangaroo in the front as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it looked like a child's uh, school book and it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It worked. So our topic for the day is life in quarantine. Um, we just want to go over our last two weeks in here. Um, you know, how we're feeling, how to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how I'm, are we feeling? I'm like, how, <laughs> how are we feeling? Um, so yeah, it's the last day. I'd say I'm, I'm over it. I'm ready to go. The last couple of days for me were really tough. It was interesting because I had read, you know, with my peeps that I chat to and they were saying, you know, Janika, the day eight was really hard for me or the middle was really hard for me or the start of it's hard and then you get used to it, you get in your groove, you find your rhythm and it's okay. For me personally, I was okay in the start. Um, Mid was all right. We had things that we had to do, cross off our list. Uh, It was the end of week two where I was like, I'm done. I'm in a can go crazy in here if I don't get out soon. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly done right now, but I was definitely around the midpoint. I was like, I, I can't envision <laughs> how another week is gonna go. No. Day eight, like getting to day eight was big. But uh yeah, the last the last little bit, uh the last two days have been especially tough. And it's not it's not just us. It's you know, the kids do keep us busy, but they also drive us nuts. We love yeah. our kids, don't yeah. get me wrong, but they they're uh they're going a little squirrely too. Like they're definitely not themselves and they're misplaced and they haven't had as much, you know, stimulation as we usually like to give them when we're, you know, in the, in the real world, we like to get them outside and go for walks and go to the pool and do all yeah. that fun stuff. We just haven't been able to do any of it. So. Yeah. And they've been misplaced for months. Like yeah. we had our original plans canceled. So like, yeah, I'm really excited to get our kids into a rhythm and into their home and get their roots set up underneath them as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would say I also just had this panic the whole time. I was terrified that we were going to have to stay longer than two weeks because you kind of the first week gets novelty and, you know, you want to check the bag of food. What do you get? The knock at the door, you run and have a look. What's for dinner? What's for lunch? Yeah. And then towards the end, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to see another one of those bags I'm so done and I was just terrified that we were going to have to be here longer than we needed to like there was one point um you're supposed to wear a mask obviously when you when you enter and exit well you're not entering and exiting but when you open the door to grab food or put rubbish out you're supposed to wear a mask and uh, Ben had at one point just sort of 
put the rubbish out and didn't put the mask on, but didn't even put his face anywhere near the door, like literally put his arm around the corner and put the rubbish out. And then uh, later on in the night, we get this uh, like very loud knock at the door and it's a police officer. And he's like, um, did one of you uh, not wear a mask when you opened the door? And I was really confused because I was like, I have worn the mask. Like, Yeah, yeah. So I, I, to be fair, I had like four bags of garbage full of, baby shit and old food and like it was disgusting so like i was taken from the kitchen so we have our mask hanging up right next to the door but i was like i don't want to put the dirty garbage on the floor put my mask on so it's like i literally just snuck him out but the guy definitely clocked me and uh so yeah he got dobbed on yeah i got dobbed on so just (laughs) just wear your mask even if it's for the 20 seconds but but he uh the cop was okay he's like i have to write it down as a warning don't do it again yeah, he was very firm, but he was kind because he could have given us an $1,000 fine on the spot. So, yeah, yeah, just make sure you're they're always watching. And pretty serious about it. <laughs> very serious. And it is serious. So, yeah, we, we did that and then we complied, obviously. And um, But like I said, I'm just terrified. I was so afraid when he was there that he was going to be like, another two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh Double your God. sentence. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we've had a couple of scares like, uh, I guess I didn't get the memo that you're not supposed to have like plug in humidifiers from other countries. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought I was super smart bringing in this tiny little humidifier that I could put lavender drops in, put it in our daughter's room and, you know, make it all nice for her before she goes to bed to kind of calm her down a little bit. And I put it in her room. I shut the door. We're out watching TV. And all of a sudden I'm starting to like, smell this smell and then the tv goes off and obviously i've blown a circuit or something and so i, I clock it pretty quick and i go oh okay it's the humidifier I go into the room and the room is filled with smoke <laughs> yeah electrical smoke <laughs> electrical smoke this thing's catching on fire and we've never worked so fast open up the windows like get the freaking tea towel try and get rid of the smoke as fast as we can from the smoke detectors because i was like oh my god Everyone in here, we're all going to have to leave for the fire if the smoke alarms go off. And then we're all going to have to do another two weeks. Like, I've just been paranoid the whole time. Yeah. So, don't do that. Don't Don't plug in your own humidifier. And, yeah, they called down to the front desk, gas cut, I reset the circuit. And she's like, oh, well, you're not supposed to plug that in. It's like, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't worry, I won't do it again. Yeah, so now, yeah, we obviously chucked that out and it's done with that. And then we had another sort of warning system they practiced you know just to make sure that the alarms do work in here and come over the speaker like this is a practice do not leave your room for any reason i'm like oh my gosh it's just another thing to stress us out um so yeah the two weeks uh like we kind of after going through it for the 14 days like tips like the routine definitely helped me and uh I don't know about you, Janika, but for myself, it was like just having things happening at the same time in the day that kind of broke it up. Like our routine, for instance, we'd get up, we'd have our breakfast and kind of watch cartoons with the kids until about nine o'clock and drink some coffees. I would have like three coffees (laughs) and then... uh, Big coffee guy. Yeah. Then we call, uh, well, coffee shit, but you do need to have it. Um, Then we call my mom or my parents and we'd have a we'd have a conversation with them for about half hour, hour, and then we'd have a workout from 10 o'clock to about 11 ish. And the kids would dance. We'd blast the music, get everyone excited and happy again, and then showers and have some lunch. And then it was nap time for the kids. And then in the afternoon, 
we just kind of hang out for a couple hours, do like whatever task we had to do for the day. And then usually have bath time with the kids around three o'clock. And by the time they're all cleaned up and ready to go, it's time for dinner. Yeah. And then it's time for bed for them. Our kids go to bed relatively early. So it it definitely, you can pass time relatively easy doing that, but the monotony of it does kind of does kind of get to you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we have our kids to distract us in this routine that having children gives you but my heart goes out to people who are doing this on their own and I really really hope that you guys organize calls with your friends and family and and have community around you because it's really hard even with your community within your walls let alone being on your own here so yeah I think there was moments where I was like oh it'd be so nice if I was just on my own I could watch Netflix for a little bit and have a bath with bubbles fake tan you know all that jazz but I was just like, oh my God, after day eight, day nine, day 10, it's like, if you were on your own, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. Yeah, you'd start to go crazy really quick. I know I would. So yeah, we were fortunate to have the kids. Um, they do give you that that structure, but uh, yeah, that's routine. That's about as good as I can say. And then, you know, we did kind of treat ourselves to some takeout food because the food does get a little bit bland. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's, we're not shitting on the food. It's just, it's not the food we're used to eating. And uh, for the most part, it was it was good. And there was a lot of it. Um, it was just, you know, having something to look forward to, like a, a little treat definitely, definitely helped on the few nights we're feeling a little bit down. Yeah. And a couple of drinks. Yeah. And a couple of drinks, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, we wanted to go over one or a couple last things here. We, um, do you want to do the doctor thing first? Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. So the full process of, of getting out on day 13, which is today for us, we had to meet the, uh, the a doctor and the police came to our door. Um, the doctors gave us, you know, they took our temperatures one last time and then gave us the results for our last COVID test. Um, negative, of course. And then they had them all printed out. And then they had printouts of us with all our names on it saying that we've completed our, our quarantine. Um, and then the police just asked what time are you leaving? I think they need to know. So if we're walking around the hallways or the hotel, they know not to stuff us back in the room. Yeah. And we get these wristbands that have the exact, like the day that you're leaving, they're obviously color coordinated because we have a certain color on today and they have AM or PM written on them, depending on when you go. Yeah. And yeah, depending on when you arrive is when you uh, are allowed to go. So for us, we're allowed to check out between 4am and 10am and, um, it was, oh my gosh, we had this moment of panic because so the doctor and the police are there and there's like three or four <laughs> police officers and the one doctor and she's like, okay, um, hi, like I need the whole family here at the door. I need to take your temperature. I need to talk to you guys. So we get all the kids. We wake our baby boy up from his nap and he's, you know, completely out of it and zonked and she's going, okay, so I need to know any COVID symptoms, any coughs, any sore throats, any diarrhea, any blah, 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 blah. And we're all going, nope, 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 nope. And she's like, okay, great. And I just need to take your temp. And she goes to take the baby's temperature. And our son decided at that time to clear his throat. He kind of made this sound that you could have mistaked as a cough. And everyone went quiet. The police looked at us. The nurse, uh, the doctor looked at us. We yeah. were like, I was holding my breath because like I said, I'm terrified that we're going to have to be in here for longer. And there were people that had said that they unfortunately you know, coughed or made a sound that sounded alarming and the doctors and the police took those forms away and made them do an additional test and stay longer. So our baby decided at that exact moment that she's just gone, any any coughs, 
any sore throats um, and then gone in to take the temp. He freaking does that in her face. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but she made a bit of a joke about it and she's like, oh, you know, that's really bad timing. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it was awful timing. <laughs> but, you know, they're little kids. Like, I mean, he's, he's a baby. He, he does that all <laughs> the time. He makes noises. They make noises. So yeah. she was understanding. But it was, yeah, we all kind of tightened up a little bit. Um, so, yeah. So we're getting out tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, our flight is, oh, yeah, with the wristbands. Um, we put one on Oakland, our, our two-year-old, and uh, she immediately wants to rip it off. So we made sure to take a take a picture of the wristband just to make sure that it... it uh, if we get pulled up on it, they they know we have it. Yeah, they say just take a photo of everything. Like, yeah, everything, take a photo yeah. of the wristband. Take a photo of like being in the taxi or the transport that you've got to the airport. Yeah. Take photos of how it's COVID safe. There's screens between you. Just have everything documented because some people have been asked to show that when they get to Queensland. Yeah, I just we don't want anything to slip through the cracks and or get pulled up on something that we didn't even think about. Yeah. So we're just really trying to cover ass really um so yeah tomorrow we're getting out at 8 30 we have a shuttle taking us to the hotel uh or to the airport the hotel organized no hotels. <laughs> yeah. i'm done the hotel organized our, our transport um like say it's a covid safe shuttle uh, and then uh yeah we fly out at 11 20 right is there anything else yeah there's one big thing that i want to talk about and this was applying for the queensland border pass oh yes yeah yeah this I have applied for lots of things online. I would say I'm pretty computer savvy. I, I get communications. I feel like this Queensland border pass is almost designed to make you fail. Like it was, I had to read the questions a couple of times before I knew if I was answering yes or no. Like it was really difficult. Yeah, a lot of double negatives in the questions. Yeah. And like it was really poorly worded. Yeah. So. If you're not sure of what I'm talking about in to get into Queensland from New South Wales at the moment, you have to apply for basically it's like a mini exemption. It's a pass to be able to come in to Queensland. You have to, you know, prove that you're a resident and that you're not just, you know, coming to visit your nan or whatever, that you're permanently coming or that you're a returning Queenslander. So we had to do that. And our first one got rejected and the second one was fine. Um, but I just wanted to say, if you did want the pathway that we took, just send us a, a DM on our Instagram and we can help you out a little bit or search for it and check it out in some of those Facebook groups because people made it a little bit clearer than it, it does look online. And I don't want to say this to scare you. Like like I said, we failed the first one and just quickly applied again a couple minutes later and it got um, granted the next day. So it's not like you have to pay every time you launch one or if you launch one and it's incorrect that's it so yeah don't be afraid if you do it wrong but uh we ended up getting a z pass and you will know what i mean when you have a look at the website there's different passes that you can get depending on how you answer the multiple choice questions so we have our pass and we have it ready to go it also generates a qr code so everything's so tech savvy i feel so sorry for people who don't know how to use technology right now it's really hard so if you have a friend or a parent or a family member that's, you know, a little bit older or doesn't use technology as much, please help them out. Reach out to them. It's really hard. Yeah. And the, uh, the pathway to 
get there isn't intuitive at all. And the way you answer the questions isn't the way you'd probably want to answer the questions to get to where you need to go. So it's not like you can say, I want to apply for the Z pass. It's like the way you answer those questions brings you to the pathway that you can get the Z pass. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be pretty hard to find it on your own. If you do make it through, good good on you, but we weren't smart enough to do it. <laughs> we so, did it wrong. Yeah, if you need help, just, like I say, reach out, and we, we're more than happy to help you out. Yeah. So we're going to do our what-the-fuck moments. Um, you go first because I don't want to take yours. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. don't want you to ruin it for me no. this time. Um, so mine, on the news, we've just been following this story uh, in the morning. Um, there was a father and a son, I believe they came from the U.S., um, same thing he was married to an Australian and uh, he had a son who was about looked about 10 years old and he had cerebral palsy and uh, they did try to apply for an exemption to home quarantine in Queensland but it got rejected and they were put into hotel quarantine um, obviously not a very conducive environment for someone who you know has a disability yeah I think he had just gotten like a procedure done or surgery done that's why they were traveling yeah and needed to come home and yeah yeah so they put them in hotel quarantine and it took them going to the media and there being a backlash for them to actually get out and be able to home quarantine in in queensland um just to me like it just goes to show that the people who are granting these exemptions are maybe not the most empathetic people (laughs) like how do you well it's just a piece of paper until you see it on the news like that where you could see that boy and his struggles and his father like then it becomes real but not everybody has the opportunity to get the press on their side or to represent their story i guess my point is it shouldn't take the press to to be able to read that and be like oh shit this probably isn't someone (laughs) who needs to be quarantined you know what I mean? It's like, it's not going to be out and about, uh, you know, spreading COVID around. Like his dad's like, we are more than happy to do it at home. It's just doesn't make sense for us to be here. So um, anyway, it, that was just, it, it was unfortunate that that, uh, that was the case, but. Yeah. And I'll happy just, ending. <laughs> yes, it was a happy ending. It was really good to see them in their home. And I'll just finish off with mine. Mine is pretty plain and simple, just like the food that we're getting here some nights. The fish and cream sauce has got to stop. I, that's This is like the fourth fish and cream sauce. It was our last night. I was interested to see what we were going to get. Low-key kind of hoping that it would be something crappy so I could get pizza, which we did end up doing in the end. But my what-the-fuck moment was opening up that bag and seeing another rotten looking fish with cream sauce <laughs> it's like i can't do this yeah i don't understand it either it's like it, it's literally like cream sauce with like flour like there's no like flavoring like i've had cream sauce with like dill or cheese, cheese. or something like, it's just like cream and flour and it just oh. there's no taste to it <laughs> Honestly, i could bother it, it needs a lot of salt and pepper yeah. um okay. the food otherwise has been okay i know i i sound like such a brat <laughs> it's just the fish and cream sauce for me. And maybe it's because I'm a spoiled little brat that has a Canadian husband who makes really good salmon. I don't know. You are spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> but the fish and cream sauce, that I just, yeah, no more of that. So I'm pretty excited to get out tomorrow and not see any more. Although I am, like I said to all of you from the beginning, I am getting my fish and chips on the beach with champagne. It's already organized. My mom has it cooling in the fridge. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we're like 12 hours away from that. Oh my 
<laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. So that's it for today's episode. I can hear our son waking up in his bathroom cot. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got to go and finish packing. Thank you for joining us and we'll chat to you guys soon. Bye.